Well, Happy New Year. And uh, I hope everybody had a, a great New Year's Eve. You're in the midst of a great New Year's Day. <clears throat> hope it was a great Christmas. Um, I, I feel like this year in our household, uh, Christmas, that I, I feel like this was sort of a peak this year for Christmas in terms of our experience. I don't know uh, if my, my wife feels the same way. She's giving me a, a look right now that maybe that's not the case. <laughs> but um, I, but I, I just really, really enjoyed this, this Christmas this year. And I felt like, you know, our, especially from our kids' perspective, it felt like there was just like the level of excitement uh, and emotion and sort of anticipation of Christmas time seemed like it was like at an all-time high uh, this year. And my kids felt, it felt like my kids were just so into everything. Obviously, they are very excited about the fact that they haven't been in school for the last, you know, week and a half. They're going back on Tuesday, so they're kind of bummed about that. Um, but um, also really excited about just kind of all the Christmassy sort of things that we got to do, you know, going out and seeing Christmas lights on houses and things like that. That was something they were just kind of like really excited about. Um, and obviously gifts, gifts is something that's always a high point for the kids. Um, but I even felt like this year, like the anticipation of Christmas gifts and even the experience of opening their Christmas gifts this year was like at a peak this year in terms of like their level of excitement around uh, the gifts that they had received. This was one of my son's favorite gifts from this year. Anybody know what this is? Anybody? Dash, yeah. Dash. So this is a little robot. He's called Dash. And what Dash does is basically you, he connects to some sort of device. So like a tablet, a smartphone, or something like that. And your kid gets to play with Dash while also learning how to program. Uh, which is pretty cool. So you can program him to do different things. There's little missions that he can go on, and he's got that little eye that's in, like, I, in the front, and then he rolls around on the little wheels there, and he will go around into different directions and do different missions uh, and things like that. And it's sort of like educational and fun. Um, at least that's how they sell it. And, um, <clears throat> but uh, there's also, uh, and then there's also obviously little accessories that you can buy because you can't get everything that you would need to operate a toy in your first initial purchase of that toy, you have to then pay other things to buy other little attachments for it. But this was the, you know, one of the gifts that he was most excited about. Um, and, uh, but one of the things that, uh, you know, this and several other things that are now present in our household is true of them is that now we have other things that we need to plug in and, ch- and charge in order for them to work properly. <laughs> and I don't know if you feel this way, about, but I feel like uh, we're getting to the point where the accumulation of things in our household that need to be charged in some sense is starting to exceed my ability to charge those things, um, especially things like this. And I, like, because this little guy comes with a, a USB wire, but doesn't have like an outlet on the end of it to plug into the actual wall. So I either have to find a little plug to plug, put on the end of the USB cord that will then plug into the wall, or I have to plug it into a computer. Um, so again, running out of ways to plug these things in because you only have so many little USB outlets uh, on a computer. So, um, but we're just, you know, we just have tons of things in our lives, right, that are just requiring us more and more uh, to plug them in. So we've got, you know, we've got little toys like this. We've got our cell phones, tablets maybe, 
laptop computers. Maybe some of you out there have a car that needs to be plugged in overnight. Um, it at least needs gas, so something to, you know, something to keep it going. Um, and we sort of have this common sense understanding of these things that in order for these things to work, they need power. They need sort of a continual, consistent connection to some source of power in order for them to work pretty regularly. And we have sort of a common sense understanding of that. It's not, you know, it's not rocket science. And we even have an understanding that we ourselves need regular sort of re-energy, you know, to be re-energized regularly to be able to operate and to function physically. You know, we need food. We need sleep. We need that in order to be able to function uh, in our lives. <clears throat> but one reality of our lives, especially as followers of Christ, that we, that we tend to ignore, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe I tend to ignore, is the reality that we also need um, to be continually replenished spiritually. We need sort of a consistent connection um, to a power source, spiritually speaking. We're going to spend some time talking about this reality today. Um, and we're going to be looking in the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 this morning. You can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. The, path, the verses will also be uh, up here on the screen. Uh, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to be reading verses 14 through 21 this morning. Um, and I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. Um, but you can go ahead and follow along as I read. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. Verses 14 through 21. <clears throat> this is Paul writing where he says, When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And this is where we started reading in communion this morning. And may you have the power to understand, <clears throat> as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. There's a lot of really important truths in this passage that we could spend a good amount of time unpacking. Um, we're not going to hit, we're, not gonna, we're only going to talk about a few of them uh, this morning, you know, in the time that we have. Um, and we're, as we talk about this reality of the need for continual spiritual sustenance in our lives. And one of the first things we see in this passage is this first sentence that Paul writes where he says, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. And that's kind of that, you know, a weird sentence to start off where Paul says, when I think of all this, the first, sort of the question that kind of should pop into our mind when we read that sentence is, think of what? What's he talking about? So what is, it, what is it that he's thinking about that's kind of causing him to kind of go on and continue writing this passage? Well, earlier on in Ephesians, um, Paul has been talking and writing uh, about something where he's been describing something that he's been calling the mystery of God's great plan. And then it's just now, at the time of Paul's writing, unfolding uh, in the world. 
And this plan, as Paul writes, involves the fact that Jews and Gentiles are now equally participating in God's plan in this thing called the church. But not only that, not only is it this, that, this coming together, but have a look, we're going to look quickly at verse 10, where Paul writes this, God's purpose in all this, all this being this plan that he's been laying out, God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So this is kind of what Paul is kind of pointing back to in this when I think of all this. We're brought together, built together in the church to showcase to the entire universe the wisdom of God in his plan for redemption of all mankind. If and when we actually stop to think about what it means to be part of his church, to be a follower of Christ, we may think about a few things. We might think that, you know, love God, yeah? Act kindly, serve, maybe tell people about Jesus. All good things. But what that practically looks like a lot of the times in our lives is, that our aim might be is oftentimes practically just to kind of be marginally nicer than most of the people around us. Um, Maybe a little bit less of a jerk um, at certain times, you know. And I think we really kind of water down what it is that we're being called to, to make it a little bit more manageable and a little bit more realistic, a little bit more attainable for me and my limited ability and resources in my life. But all of those things really miss something, and they miss the grandness of what God is really calling us to, both as his church and individuals. The Bible uses a lot of sort of extreme language to describe us as followers of Christ. If you read through things that are used to kind of compare what it means to be a follower of Christ, we're described as soldiers, we're described as ambassadors, We're described as runners in a race. We're described as living sacrifices, new creations, the light of the world. All these phrases used to describe what it is that we're supposed to be doing and being in the world. The light of the world. Think about that's a phrase that we've heard and we see it, you know, maybe written on pretty pictures and fancy writing. But take a moment and think about the implications of this task that we're given. Every moment of every day, we're called to be living lives, interacting with people, doing our work, making choices, behaving in such a way that we are consistently pointing people to the goodness of God and his redemptive plan for all mankind. That's kind of a big job. There are times in our lives, at least I know there's been times in my life, When I have taken on a task and you come to a really sudden realization that you are woefully unprepared for that task. I don't know if, you know, if you can think of a time in your life when that's been true of you, when you've said, maybe you've said yes to something that's been asked of you, or you've, you know, taken on a new project at work or maybe a do-it-yourself project at home. And you're like, whoa, I am, I'm just really not skilled or Do I have the skills, resources, or knowledge to be able to be successful in this? It kind of reminds me of a scene from a classic movie. Many of you have probably seen the movie Jaws. Um, 
And uh, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it for you a little bit. Um, I mean, it's like 30 years old, so, you know, you should have gotten around to it by now. Um, but, you know, you know this, obviously this shark has been sort of terrorizing this town, and these three guys decide that they're going to get together, go out on the boat, and hunt down the shark and kill it. And they, so they get up, they gear up, they go out on the boat, they're all geared up, and, they, and you remember the scene, he's kind of throwing chum into the water, the bloody fish guts to kind of attract the shark, and then this happens. I love that look on his face because I feel like that's the look I have a lot of times when I'm faced with these, these tasks. Like, you know, and I don't know if you could catch that line. It's a little bit, he says, we're going to need a bigger boat. You know, he, all of a sudden, like, they haven't seen this shark yet. They're out there. The shark just pokes his head up out of the water, and he's all of a sudden realizes we are not up for this task. And that's the feeling I feel like we should have when we think about what it is that we're being called to be and do in the world. We should have that look on his face, hopefully without the cigarette, but we should have that look on his face where it's just kind of like, we need a bigger boat. (laughs) You know, we need, we need, we don't have what we need. And that's the reality is the reality is we need more than we have. We need more than we have to be what God is calling us to be, to do what God is calling us to do in the world. That's why we come back to Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 14, and this is Paul's, as how Paul kind of follows up. is when I think of all this, when I think of this plan that God has laid out, when I think of what God is calling us to do and be in the world, he says this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. When you think about it, that's a bit of an odd sentence at this point, I feel like. Because if you're Paul, you know, Paul's coming out, he's just laid out this grand plan that God has woven together. Um, He's kind of coming off this, let's go get him type of passage, this rah, rah, look at what God is going to do in us and through us. So I feel like what's more fitting here is for Paul to say, so I'm so excited about what God's going to do, or let's go out there and get him. Like, it's like this locker room kind of pep talk speech that I might see in like Rudy or something like that. But that but what Paul says is, when I think of all of this, when I think of this grand plan that God has for me and the church, I fall to my knees in prayer to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. Because Paul recognizes something incredibly important that he needs his readers, the, the Ephesians, and us to recognize. We need more than we have. We need more than we have. We, in and of ourselves, do not, have the resources necessary to live out the calling of God in our lives. If the thought of being a consistent and unending light to the world of the goodness of God seems impossible to you, that's good because it should, because it is. We're being asked basically to stand on the side of a Grand Canyon and throw the rock, throw a rock to the other side. And it's impossible. But here's the thing. We still try. We still try. We still stand on the edge of the canyon and we hurl rocks over and over and over again. 
until our arms get exhausted, until we collapse in discouragement. We just stand there. Because our answer most of the time is not Paul's answer. Our answer most of the time when we are overwhelmed by whether it's God's calling in our lives or whether it's just the day-to-day stuff that we have to deal with is not to fall to our knees in prayer. Our answer is to try harder. Our answer is to organize my time better. Our answer is to seek to control and organize my life in such a way that I really don't need God all that much, that I can do it on my own, that I don't need to, as you know, we have been doing throughout this service this morning, pause and cry out to God. It's not something that we should just be doing on January 1st. But something that needs to be a regular part of our lives. I'd like to try something uh, that we haven't tried before during a service at Grace Community Church, and it involves technology, which is always a bit of a scary thing. Um, But I'm actually going to ask you to take out your cell phones. I know this is weird. You're being asked to take out your cell phone during a church service. This goes against everything I've ever been taught, but it's okay. The person up front is giving you permission. You can go ahead, take out your cell phones, open up your text messaging application. And I want to try something. We'll see if it works. First thing I need you to do is to send a text with the words Grace Chalfont. No spaces, Grace Chalfont to the number 22333. So send a message, just like it says up there, text Grace Chalfont to the number 22333. You should get a message back. We're going to find out who took the time to silence their phones this morning. So when you get that message back, after you've texted that, I want you to text one word. Just reply back with one word that describes how you feel, spiritually speaking, on a day-to-day basis. Text back one word that describes how you feel spiritually on a day-to-day basis. So, um, and the thing I, you know, the thing I suspect is that many of us feel that most of the other people around us feel very, oh, and don't worry, nobody's going to know who texted what. We don't have your, you know, it's all going to be completely anonymous, but your words are going to show up there on the screen. One word describing how you feel on a daily basis. Now, the thing I suspect is that, and you can keep on texting while I'm talking, it's fine. The if you haven't gotten to do it yet. But the thing I suspect is that many of us feel that everyone else around us is having a drastically different experience or drastically different struggles than us on a day-to-day basis. So I just wanted to have some time this morning where we can just get a quick look at what are some of the experiences that other people around us are having. And as we say, and also the bigger a word shows up, the more often it's being used, as you see it kind of show up up there. So what we're seeing is that there's a lot of people that are having a little bit of a difficult time, there may be a little bit or a lot of a difficult time when it comes to what it's like to walk this walk and live this life. So what's the point of this? You know, those of you who are out there who are feeling like maybe things are just a little bit hard, 
The point isn't for you to be looking up at this and feeling like, oh, I'm exhausted, and now I feel guilty that I'm exhausted. And that's not the point. That's the point for us is to realize that there's more. Realize that there's more available to us. And that's what Paul is trying to tell us here. That we need more than we have. But he, what he's saying as he goes on in this passage is he's telling us, and I'm going to move on now, he's telling us that God has more than we need. We need more than we have, and God has more than we need. <clears throat> have a look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. God desires to empower us through his unlimited resources. What does that mean? What it does not mean is that, you know, I'll have cars, I'll have money, I'll have material success uh, in this world. That's not what we're talking about here when we're talking about God empowering us through his unlimited resources. What we're talking about is God desires to empower us from his unlimited resources to live out that which we are called. Now, that does not mean that everything will always go well. It does not mean that everything will always be pleasant. As we heard Robin read from Lamentations this morning, that there are really, really hard, difficult times. And, but even in the midst of those, God still desires that we are crying out to him and crying out very honestly to him. Because that's where we begin to have access to this un- these unlimited resources. So here we are. On the first day of 2017, it's a time when we sort of naturally evaluate aspects of our lives. And many of us maybe make some commitments or plans to try to do some things differently. What if this year, instead of deciding that I'm not just going to commit to changing some behaviors, I'm not, committing, I'm not just going to try to commit to breaking some bad habits, but I'm going to recognize that I need more than just a greater strength of will to do better, quote-unquote. I need resources that only God can provide. But the issue here is this. God's not a vending machine. God is not this impersonal being that we'd show up, stick our quarters in. I'd like some spiritual empowerment, please. Hit the button, we get it out. And like, thanks, and we walk away. God is not a vending machine. The avenue to this empowerment, to this, to this strength, to the unlimited resources that God provides is relationship. And this is something the Bible makes clear over and over again. It isn't we see this in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, as we go on. Christ will make his home in your hearts, Paul writes. It's not a mystery that more than anything else, what God desires in us is a growing, vibrant, and loving relationship with him. Jesus said it in John 15, which is at the top of your bulletins this morning, when he said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. It's your connection to me that gives you life. We know where life is found. We know where power is found. But for some reason, we're just prone to settle and stumble around with just what we can kind of muster and scramble together on our own. God doesn't want that. God wants us to overflow. God wants, he's called us to an impossible task in this life. 
not to watch us fail miserably, but so that we can see his amazing love pour into us and overflow out of us into the lives of other people as we shine a light for him in this world. But it means that as we start off 2017 and as we continue day by day throughout this year, we need to ask ourselves some difficult questions and we need to ask ourselves, am I prioritizing the things in my life that I know facilitate and enhance and give and draw me closer in my relationship with God. And we know what those things are. You know, we know having time uh, alone, having time in quiet, having time with God, having time in relationship with other believers, you know, having this time in corporate worship together. We know, and there probably, you know, there are other things, you know, in our lives as well, but do we prioritize the things that we know are going to draw us closer in this relationship with God that we know, and then we know through that relationship that we will be experiencing more in terms of the power and strength that we have to live the life to which we are called. And those are sort of some of the tough questions that we need to ask ourselves as we move forward uh, into this year because God desires more from us, but also desires to give more to us to enable us to meet that call. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a new, a new year, a new year to live, a new year to love you, a new year to be in relationship with others, to be in relationship with you. <clears throat> and God, we know that you, we are your primary vehicles in this world to accomplish your plan. And we, it is a blessing to be a part of it, God. And I pray for myself and for all of us here, that we would consistently seek to engage and be connected to you, to be empowered, to be strengthened, but most importantly, to know you and love you. And we thank you for what it, the privilege it is to be in relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen.